0: Before we get started, I have an announcement. I am pumped to be joining up with Roto Baller for the 2021 season. The Draft Champions podcast will be joining the Roto Baller radio podcast network. For a while now, Roto Baller has been grinding away, providing millions of you fantasy baseball fans their fix in in in-depth MLB analysis, tools, and news. The site and the team is bigger than ever this year with articles, tools, and podcasts for everyone, including contributions from, from me. If you haven't heard, RotoBaller's 2021 MLB draft kit is live, and all Draft Champions listeners can get 10% off the RotoBaller draft kit using the, using the discount code champions. RotoBaller is home to number one fantasy pros, accuracy, accuracy rankers, Nick Mariano and Ariel Cohen. Both Nick and Ariel's 2021 rankings and projections are available as part of the RotoBaller premium draft kit, along with printable cheat sheets our top draft sleepers more than 300 breakout outlooks, and tons of great draft tools and in-season tools. All of this premium fantasy baseball goodness from RotoBaller is available for 10% off with the discount code CHAMPIONS. Just go to rotoballer.com backslash radio, get your premium pass today, and win big in 2021. Welcome to the draft champions podcast i'm here with a new account that's come to light in the fantasy baseball world it's at baseball radar and i'm here with rob who runs the account how are you doing
1: i'm pretty good zach how are you
0: i'm great i actually have a microphone now so i don't know if anyone who's li- who has been listening to my um, previous episodes can tell the difference but now i sound so much better hopefully Thanks for joining me today, and um, it's. I've actually. Um, I have to give a credit uh, where credit's due. Rob Di Pietro, my good friend, uh, pointed us pointed a number of us into your direct in, in your direction, and uh, we uh, we all checked it out. And everyone like, um in in our in our little group, we were very impressed with it because typically uh, roster resources referenced a lot, but your your um your website and your Google Doc is is very good. at different. But it's um it's also excellent and it's different in, in, in different ways. So why don't you tell everyone where they can find your find your uh, resources?
1: Yeah, you can go right to probaseballradar.com. Um I'm most active on Twitter. I'll, I'll make a lot of uh, posts uh, referencing new stats, some, something that I like that I won't have on the website. But I think the main the main page on my website is you can find under the MLB MILB radar, and that I think that's the most popular. Uh, tool that I have
0: on. Yeah, you dig deep into some of these um, into the, some of these player pools. Like I see you have the international radar, and you have um, and like you said m- minor leagues. So you go you go into a lot of detail. And um, what what you do is um, you don't you don't project the lineups though. You don't project the actual batting order. You but you do project like closers and 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 bullpen situations, right? And who you think is going to be in like starting, starting defensive lineups and and you actually go all the way down through the minors.
1: Right, so I, I do that because I wanna maintain the horizontality of it. Like, so that's why I started this whole thing. I wanted to have the major league club next to the AAA club, next to the A club and the lower minors. And I think when you have it by position, it's easier to visualize players coming across the system. Right. Um, As opposed to, yeah, yeah, as opposed to like roster resource that has it vertically, it's a little bit more difficult to visualize. And then for the pitchers, um, for the bullpen, it's kind of hard to do the horizontality because a closer in like a double A team or uh, a high A team is not necessarily going to be a closer at the big
0: league club. Absolutely. So how how'd you get started? uh, What made you want to do this?
1: Um, I'm an ex-baseball player myself, and um, I started because I love stats. I studied stats at school. I love baseball and I wanted to help multiple parties. I think uh, the fantasy community in particular has has, uh, come to really embrace it on Twitter uh, and they welcome me into their community, which is awesome. But I also wanna help players if they're looking to sign somewhere or they can uh, see themselves as a fit, agents, uh, the analytical uh, portions of organizations themselves uh, or just regular fans
0: we've done some really good work and i and i've uh, i use your I, re, I use your google sheet quite a bit when i'm when i'm playing in leagues and i play high stakes leagues so it's been very helpful to me um, so it's and you know what, you you've found a niche here and, and it's a lot of work that you put into it but it's really really good work so that's that's why i wanted to have you on and talk to me and uh, i'm glad i'm glad you came on and we talked a bit before we started recording and you and you did say that you used to play baseball and, um, that's really, and, and you might, want, you might not want to brag, but you also said that you used to play fantasy baseball, but you just, um, um, you played with, um, friends and then it just became, I guess, a little too easy or they just, or they kicked you out because you were winning too much.
1: Became, I, I, don't, I think they fell out of love with fantasy baseball because I would just dominate, like just go undefeated the whole year and just take all their money. I
0: mean, so they don't, they just, they just quit. Yeah. They just quit. Oh, what a bit no better feeling than that. just making someone quit. So free agent. If anyone wants to invite me, reach out to me on Twitter, please. Well, there's there's a multiple um, there's a multitude of leagues that you can join. There's I have I have openings in, in some home leagues too. So we'll talk after. Um, sure, that's awesome. It's probably a huge mistake on my end, but we'll see. Um, so um, I wanted I wanted to talk to you about some of the um, some of the projections that you've done in terms of rosters, but before and that's that's what we're going to spend a lot of time on. But before we get into that. I wanted to ask you, um, uh, what are, like, do you have any, like, like, stealth options in terms of, like, sleepers are gonna come up? Um, because um, you, you have your projected closers, but you do a lot of detailed work in terms of bullpens. So, for fantasy players, who, 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 do you, who can you tell me anyone that's not really getting talked about a lot, that somebody's not getting a lot of love in, in any bullpens that, that might end up um, becoming very valuable? perhaps.
1: Well, I'll say this, and it's a rule of thumb of mine that I've observed over a couple of years now, the best closers or the best, uh, back-end guys, setup guys, seven, eight thing, whatever they're failed minor league starters. There are very few guys that are consistently good that were relievers in the minor leagues. So that being said, we like, it's hard to see right now. Like if you're looking at the MLB, MLB, radar, uh, the guys that are in dark red or red in the minor leagues in, the, in their bullpens, it's hard to project them as successful major league guys. The guys that end up being most successful are the starters in the minor leagues that are colored in green or yellow. Um, so that being said, I'm keeping my eye right now. I, I think the close situations are fairly set, but I'm keeping my eye on the Marlins and Giants in particular. Right. Uh, I have uh, Anthony Bass from Marlins projected right now and Jake McGee for Giants mostly based off of past experience. But if uh Yemi Garcia or a guy like Reyes Moronta were to emerge at the end of spring, I would not be surprised at all. Um, I'm also keeping an eye on the Braves. If Will Smith struggles a bit like he did in twenty twenty, uh, I'm really liking AJ Minter yeah. step
0: up. I was gonna say that too. i grabbed AJ Minter and like and I play like play in the deeper leagues and I've grabbed him in, in the later after round 40 actually. So I like that call. Um, what about speaking of failed starters? Uh, what about the Colorado Rockies? They've acquired, they acquired, um, Robert Stevenson. Does that sort of fit the mold of what you were talking about?
1: Yeah. You know, not to avoid your question, but when you talk about the Rockies, everything gets thrown out the window.
0: <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to think of um, who else I'm trying to think of failed starters. Um, one guy that, um, that I'm sort of liking that's really deep is, um, on the brew, on the brewers. Now I'm, this would all hinge on hater. Like if anything happens to hater, um, mainly him getting moved, which I think is, 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 is a possibility at this point, Justin T- Tapa on the, on the brewers, he's, he's 29 years old, but he just has a devastating sinker and he's, I, I just like him a lot for some reason. And I, and I just had that sinking feeling, no pun intended. I didn't mean to say that, but, um, he, like he might slide into that closer role because Devin Williams can go multiple innings. I think he did. So he's a guy that I just sort of have on my radar um, as someone that could become valuable, like in the middle of the, the year at some point.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, he, he fits that reliever mold out of uh, a school that uh, not a lot of players come out of in LIU Brooklyn, which their baseball program doesn't even exist anymore. A 17th rounder. Um, I, in terms of his track record, I have him as green because he's had some really shaky seasons in the minors. But I mean, if you look at the stuff now you look at the film, Topa is absolutely nasty.
0: So I think
1: that's a good call on your end.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Uh, so, um, anyone, any, anyone in terms of like, um, hitting, uh, that, that you think could, uh, that, that isn't really on the projected lineup right now that you're really keeping an eye on.
1: Um, you know, it's really hard to break through with the bat. Uh, I think the way the guys I have projected there right now are, are fairly stuck but I'll I'll try and list a couple guys I think are lost in the
0: shuffle. Oh, one guy I really like is Curtis Terry on the Rangers. I know uh, no love. No love. No love. I have been, I have been I I have in a couple of deep dynasty leagues. Did you did you ever play dynasty do you ever play dynasty leagues or keeper leagues? No. Nah. You, you, you go deep you, you go deep into these minor league systems so I figured you'd be very good anyways I won't I don't want to get too much into that but he's a guy that I know of he good power he's sort of like a huge he's a huge dude right
1: yeah huge dude he's he also has a, I do a, like a sleeper Saturday where I highlight sleepers yeah uh, Twitter and I think his X factor was he had a gap in the teeth like hand or Judge yeah something like that you know I really like that um, like yeah, his like to his weight runs creative plus career and in most recent 2019 uh 2019 it was 158 over full season so how old is he
0: he's like probably mid-20s now
1: right yeah he's he's a little bit older he's he's 24 um i haven't projected to start in double a but um he very well could just skip it completely and start off in round rock
0: Hmm. see most most of most of what i'm looking at right now my focus is on redraft so that that would that somebody would have to be relevant somebody Somebody, somebody would uh, have to come up this year to be relevant to most of what I'm discussing. So I guess he could at, at midseason. He's, he's somebody with a lot of power potential. Um, there's another guy that, um, that sort of fits that mold that I'm thinking of that's completely off the radar. Um, I think he was in the Brewers and Rockies. He might be on the Brewers now, Garcia. Who, who,
1: who? I thought you were going to say Luis Castro.
0: Yes, yes. Sorry, Luis Castro. That's exactly who I was talking about. <laughs> it's, funny, it's funny that we sort of uh, are on the same page with that. He's, he's another guy that's completely off the radar as well.
1: Yeah, you know, he's, he's one of the few guys, like the way I have it structured on, on the radar is uh, it's very hard to be highlighted in red or dark red as a hitter. And he's one of the few guys that are in the upper levels of minors that are red.
0: Um, okay, because I didn't even see that. He's just a, he's just a guy that I that I've been grabbing in 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 deeper leagues uh, that it's completely free to get.
1: Yeah, you know his numbers you have to take it with a grain of salt if you're listening because his numbers were inflated by those super hitter friendly lower levels of the Rocky system, uh, like Lancaster for example. But um the weighted runs created plus still holds uh, 167 in 2019. Again, super elite. So definitely something to keep an eye on as well.
0: Right on. Yeah. So that's, that's that's your really deep. Um, those are your really deep hitters. Um, actually another guy that I spoke to on my podcast is Bri- um, Brian O'Grady. So he came on, I talked to him, super nice guy. He's a, he's another guy that I've been drafting actually this year. I, I haven't drafted either of those other two guys. I think just there, it's just, it, it would be a long shot to be honest for, for those guys. It, it's hard to take a shot on them, but Brian's actually a guy that I actually been drafting because, um, especially before they, um, they sign profile back. But um, yeah, like he's, he, I, I really like his profile. He's sort of like a younger version of who was the guy that was on the Reds. He, well, he was also on the Reds, but he was on the Reds. Um, he's like 30. He was on team USA. Um, um, he was in the Reds last year. He got, a, he got a couple of majors to get bats. Actually. Why, why am I blanking on his name? Um, just a very normal name. Um, might've got DFA. I think he was a rule five pick. Um peyton mark peyton yeah yeah that's who it is he kind of reminds me of a little bit of him with more speed and um and just as much power but uh, a little bit younger
1: yeah you, you look at both those guys minor careers and they had seasons where they just absolutely exploded with the power and upper levels um i really wish the dh was in the nl because i think that would lead to a lot more o'grady at bats but um and there's no limits on the pitchers this year. They can have 13 or 14 on the 26-man mm-hmm. roster. So I don't know with the Padres' bullpen being super deep, I'm not convinced that O'Grady's even going to make the opening day roster. For being completely honest, but I really hope so. I, I, mean, I
0: hope. I hope so too. They pay. They him, They signed him to a major league deal. I think.
1: They did. Um, I think it's it's going to be him or Jorge Mateo is what the competition's down to. If it's got to be him, four-man bench.
0: It's got to be my boy Brian. It's got. It's got to be him because. Mateo's sort of been, he's, he's a guy that's been hanging around a long time. He's been, he, I think he was a J2 in like 2012 or something like that. he like, he's, a, he's been around a long, longer than a lot of people think. Um, but yeah, that Padres bullpen, like they got like six closers in that bullpen. I, I think, um, I think it's going to be Melanson to start off with. Is that what you have?
1: I have pomerans
0: Man, like for what he's costing you in drafts, I don't like to pay for pomerans. I think I think they're going to give it to Melanson to start. And then they got, like, I like Kella a lot. They got Pierce Johnson. They got, well, I think those, those, I think Kella, Pierce Johnson are, are, are kind of your sleeper, sleeper closers. And I think Melanson sort of the guy that, that is, get, gets the first shot. What what are, you, what are your thoughts? So obviously you disagree. Um,
1: I think because of the salary and I think because of the just the numbers themselves. I mean, Pomerantz right now is like, he had the second wind where he, Became a, a bullpen guy and is just absolutely nasty.
0: You love I mean, the field. You love the field starters.
1: I love the failed starters. I mean, his his of jumped like four or five miles per hour at one point. Uh, the hook's nasty, and again, the salary is more than double of Melanson. So I'd be a little skeptical to to throw in Melanson there over Pomerantz right now. Um, right. Yeah, Pagan also another guy. Right. Uh, I, yeah, I did a tweet where I, I took a. Uh, I did a draft of all Padres bullpen options and created basically three bullpens of <laughs> major league quality arms. They literally have three major league bullpens within their system. Did you, did you
0: have to dip into their minor leagues to do that too, or no?
1: Just the AAA. And I think a lot of their AAA guys are MLB or close to MLB ready. The guys like uh, Baez, uh, and Hahn, uh, Trey Wiginter, uh Javi Guerrero, uh, Brady Feigles, those types of guys.
0: Yeah. they're it's, they're loaded and um one guy that i forgot to mention was jose castillo he's just like he might be the best he might have the best stuff out of anyone and yeah he was, you know he just, just got, got hurt recently though bumped yeah. what's that he just got hurt recently recently yeah he's doing a bullpen i uh i didn't i didn't hear that so that's news to me yeah but yeah he he, he was hurt all last year and he was um really good in his rookie year um i think under one whip and he has closed stuff, but um, there's a lot of competition there and he's had some health problems.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure with the competition.
0: Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's, a, that's an interesting situation to monitor. So th- another thing speaking of some of the tweets that you put out, you, you've actually, I, th- I think I've noticed you've actually nailed some trades and some signings. So like what, what, what sort of your process um, for that? And what's, um, what's, one of the, what's one of the trades or signings that you just nailed? Which one, what's the one that you're most proud of for, uh, for, for predicting?
1: Oh, I mean, publicly, I, I've been tweeting Arenado to the Cardinals forever. Yes, that's right. Yeah, like in early December when Arenado was being talked about uh, as going to the Mets or Dodgers, I was saying Cardinals the whole time. Um, and then that came to fruition, although the return is not what I pre- predicted it to be. Um, but another one offline that I didn't make, or I kind of made, I have a tool as the trade market on the website. Uh, I've had Carrasco listed as a fit for the Mets and Ahmed wow. Rosario this as a fit for the Indians. Wow. Um, I'm a Mets fan so I never thought the Mets would do a package deal for Carrasco and Lindor. So <laughs> that worked out quite well, but um but yeah, it happened happened anyway. Everyone's a fucking
0: Mets fan in this in this community.
1: Yeah, never- Matt Williams
0: I think is the most vocal one. Yeah, well then Rob too and, Oh, uh, Rob's a Mets fan too? Yeah, and then uh, Mike Simeone I think is Mets as well. Yeah, they're all Mets. Anyways, so you you'll, you'll fit right in. Um yeah, So um, what's sort of your process for that? Okay, so what's your process and what's what's sort of a trade? What's what's one trade that you you can see happening now or during the season?
1: Yeah, you know, the process, uh, the beauty of the radar is you can just visualize it. I feel so easily. I also include financial information so you you can know when a team's uh, reaching their uh, collective bargaining tax payroll threshold. So... Like a guy like Carrasco, for example, he had that modest AAV at um, $11.75 I uh, yeah. thought, thought it would be a perfect fit for the Mets. So one guy right now, I have the Astros center field spot wide open. I'm not the biggest Miles Straw guy or even a Ronnie Dawson guy. So I think they'll make a push for Manuel Margot of the Rays since the Rays just have depth for days, especially in the outfield.
0: Well, uh, I, are you talking about guys coming up, like rookies coming up? or just that, that team in general? Because I, the Rays aren't as loaded as you think. And then I, I don't know if Kiermeyer is even at full health right now.
1: Uh, I don't know, because you, you have a ton of guys at the upper levels. I mean, I, I don't think Josh Lowe is quite ready. Um, I have Brett Phillips. I mean, I think he can be a bench bat. Yeah, I don't see him being a starter. I don't see him being a starter either. But um, you have Margot, and then you also have You you can also have Brandon Lau move to the outfield and guys like uh, Esteban Quiroz, who I've been waiting to make his, uh, his debut forever now. Who's this? uh,
0: Esteban? Esteban Quiroz.
1: He's uh, out of the Mexican league, a sign a little bit older, but uh, he's got wicked high on base numbers throughout his entire career. Everywhere he's everywhere he's went really. Um, Is he a guy you can see playing this year? Not on the Rays. I don't, I don't think he breaks through on the Rays because it's just too deep at infield. Because then you also got uh, Bruhan or Brujan, how you pronounce that, and Wander Franco, obviously. So.
0: Yeah, it's a log jam there. It's tough.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm expecting some trades. Like We heard uh, Willie Adamas being talked about this offseason. So.
0: Yeah, I was I was just hope, praying that he didn't go to the Reds because I love Jose Garcia, and I've really invested in him.
1: Yeah, that could have blocked him potentially, um, I don't think Garcia is quite ready, but I definitely think a, like a one-year stopgap would be really perfect for that
0: team. I heard an interview with um, Bell, their manager, back in October. And um, and this is something that I was really keeping close to my chest before um, while I was doing all these draft and holds that are 50 rounds because Garcia is my most owned player. And there was an interview with Bell and uh, he said that um, – like, although um, um, Garcia didn't have that much success offensively, he's obviously an, like an incredible defender right now uh, ready for the major leagues. But he said that like his stats may not show it, but his words were that Garcia's is closer than anyone thinks he is. Like he, he said, you will be surprised how close he is. And um and just the fact that they didn't go out and get anyone like they, like they didn't, they whiffed on Simmons. They whiffed on DD. They whiffed on Simeon, like everyone, like you everyone was just saying, okay, there's a glaring need for shortstop in, in Cincinnati. And they just never addressed it. And um, yeah, like people can get excited about Brandon Farmer and, and D Gordon, but like, I think like it's, I think it's pretty like reading between the tea leaves. I think they want Garcia to play, maybe not right, right away, but I think like soon.
1: Yeah, you know, he uh he hasn't played above high A. I, I tend to not like level skippers. So right now, I have him projected to start at a AA Chattanooga. Um, I think optimistically, he does half a year at A, half a year at A. And then the bat's ready because, like you said, I think uh, watching him last year with Glove is definitely ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think you want to stunt his growth at the bat from where I'm sitting looking at numbers, but yeah, it, it tells a different story when you're out there watching physically day-to-day, so.
0: Um, yeah, sometimes, sometimes it doesn't matter like the talent or the level it's a matter of what the, what the managers and the, the, the GM wants to do and just him saying that was enough for me to take a shot at autumn late enough he's not going to not take I'm not taking him as my starter but I'm taking him as my, like my second backup a lot so yeah um, that's just something I've been, I've been looking at um, so the biggest, the biggest fish out there still is Odorizzi I think right in terms of free agents yeah, Odorizzi and JBJ. Jackie Bradley, yeah, that's right. I forgot about him. So Astros, Jackie Bradley, or Margot, what, what do you think is more likely?
1: I don't think the Astros are gonna be going over that luxury tax threshold. They're, Which right now goes? I got projected at 202, so they're eight million away. I don't think uh, Jackie Bradley's AAV is gonna be, I think it's gonna to be too, too tight to that.
0: Okay. So what's, what's what's Margot making right uh, this year? He signed an arbitration
1: contract for 3.4 million.
0: Okay. So that, 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 could work. I like that. So I, I, I like that thinking. And I think Mark Margot, if he was playing every day in Houston, Oh my God. Like he would be like, a, like, where would you draft him? Like right now he's going around pick two fifty in these leagues. He would probably like, if he was an, your everyday guy in Houston, He'd be in a better park. He, I think, he'd definitely be a top. He'd be like going where like Robles is going. I'd say, maybe even higher.
1: That's a really good comp because that lineup, of course, is still loaded. Yeah.
0: Well, we're just dreaming right now, but maybe, maybe it's uh maybe it's a dream that's more realistic than, than we think right now.
1: Because... Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm looking down the system right now. Uh and i'm not too enthused about anyone ronnie dawson i mean solid player out of ohio state but uh, the numbers aren't there jake myers uh alex mckenna could someone be keeping an eye on but i think they can definitely go out and get a guy like margot for sure
0: yeah and they got the depth and pitching to do it um speaking of that like you heard the news today that fran brevaldez broke his finger don't know how long he's going to be out for but i think now they have an opening in that rotation. Um, I, I don't think you made any changes yet, but I looked at roster resource, um, day, um, um, Jason, um, who runs that site and he's, he slotted Luis Garcia in who I believe he did make a start in the playoffs last year. Didn't last too long, but he's a guy that had uh, similar success to Christian Javier in the minor leagues. Um, how do you see that playing out? So I see like, there's a couple options they could go with. If, if the, if the parameter um, injury is, is serious more than say a month, like they could go with Garcia. They could they could, they could start expediting um, Forrest Whitley. There's a guy, Tyler Ivey, who's been very good, um, who I like a lot. Um, and those the only guys I can really think of off the top of my head, probably missing someone.
1: Yeah, you know, fractured fingers, they take about four weeks, I think. So it's gonna be real close to the start of opening day. Um, didn't make a change yet, like you said, but I think if I were to do it right now, I think I'd go with actually Austin Pruitt or Josh James. Right on. Uh, I don't think Whitley's quite ready. I think he needs more minor league innings. Uh, Inconsistencies real bad with him. Uh, Same thing with Luis Garcia. I think he needs innings at the upper levels of minors. Right. But if it's short term, like a week or something like that, I think, yeah, maybe you could see
0: Garcia. Josh James, like he's like, he's sort of like the pitching version of Garrett Hanson. He's just like, you get so excited about him, but he just never, he always, he always fucks you.
1: Yeah. You know, the pedigree is not there. I mean, how many uh, 34th rounders are guys that are, you know, elite at the big league level. Um, I don't want to hate hate on him for that, but I mean, that alone with his see, track record, definitely not. Uh,
0: everyone everyone ha- sees the upside because he throws so hard, but you might as well draft Anthony Ghost, I guess, in, in that case, because Anthony Ghost throws 100 miles an hour now.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, you know, those guys, even Hector Velasco is maybe something that can, just, like, I think the four of those guys can maybe go three, four innings and piggyback with someone in the bullpen just temporarily.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: While those the other guys like Luis Garcia and Valder Rodriguez, Ivy Whitley, they get a uh, more time in the
0: minors. Right, right. So they might they might actually go after someone. Where do you see? Where do you think the best uh, landing spot for? Where do you think the most likely landing hot spot for Jake Díaz is?
1: Uh, you know, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> right now, I mean, the Blue Jays need a guy, but I really want to see Wall Stripling actually get a full season worth in the rotation but um i don't know the blue jays rotation it's it's disgusting
0: yeah as a as a jay fan i I don't i wouldn't mind seeing merriweather give give him a shot and then um I, i wouldn't rule out simeon woods richardson getting some some time at the end of the year if they if they are going for a playoff push but i don't see woods richardson making a significant contribution this regular season yeah, I don't
1: think so. Like as a Mets fan, I was happy to see Matt's get an opportunity elsewhere. But uh, as the Blue Jays like actually going for Matt, especially what they gave up for Matt's. So I was that definitely made me scratch my head a little bit. But um, you mean, think they,
0: they, gave, they, they gave up a lot for him?
1: I think so. I, I had Matt's as a DFA at the beginning of the season, or not a DFA
0: as a non tender rather. Right. Um, well, the Jays they don't really have they don't really have much to to start with, so mats might be a guy that uh that is a starting is a starting option for them and it wouldn't be for a lot of teams he's sort of like another robbie ray he's just like somebody that's has a lot of talent but um just likes to give up home runs and um well robbie Way, robbie ray probably walks a little bit more than than mats but they both have their issues in terms of inconsistency but
1: yeah, that, that Blue Jays uh, pitching staff, it's weird. I made a couple of tweets about it that it's just odd bifurcation of guys that either need to rebound, like uh, Roark, Ray, Matt Stripling, Kirby Yates, David Phelps now, or guys that need to repeat that don't have a lot of uh, experience like Romano,
0: uh, Baruki, Doleys, Hatch. Well, Roark is not We're going to rebound. He's done. Put a he's fork. In. Yeah. He put a fork in Roark. He's, he's finished. But the other guys, like I, I can see it. Yeah, they, they do need, they need to, they need to get something. So if, if they get if they get a rebound at a one or two of those guys at like, like a full rebound, then like that could, then, then you're talking, then you may need to add one more piece. And then you have a, you have four decent pitchers in the playoffs. If you have Ryu Pearson, and then you have a, a rebound and then add one more piece and you're, and you're actually looking pretty good. But, right. Yeah, that's what it's gonna take. But um, yeah, they they need someone. That. They need someone to step up there between like Stripling and um, Ray and Matts.
1: I guess. Yeah, for sure, it's a gamble. But getting back to Ota Rizzi uh, in terms of a fit right now, I I like the Brewers. You know, they they were offering that contract with Justin Turner, so you know that they do have the money if they you know really wanted to spend it. Um, I think that would push out Adrian Hauser off the back end, and you have, you're looking at Woodruff, Burns, Rizzi, Brett Anderson, Josh Lindblom. I think that's a solid five for the NL Central this year. Yeah. Um, also the Nats. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be a free agent after this year. So I think a multi-year deal for Odorizzi, uh, works quite nicely. We have Strasburg, Corbin, Rizzi going forward.
0: Yeah. That makes sense to me.
1: Uh, and then the last one that I marked was, uh, the Royals, I think, uh, I'm not sold on Chris Bubich starting out in rotation. He's another guy that skipped over double A and triple-A completely. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be incredibly valuable if Bubich were to go back down to the minor leagues and teach guys like uh, Daniel Lynch, guys like uh, Jackson Kohar, the things that he learned at the major league level. Um, I, I think that would be really awesome. Uh, and then the Royals, I think that would be uh, him returning to the Royals that's right. So, and the Royals are sneaky competitors. Let me tell you, that team is, uh, I think it's going to surprise people this year.
0: I think so too. I, I, I kind of um, was assuming that Lynch and Kowar would p- potentially get shots relatively soon. I think Coar think was actually in consideration last year along with um, Brady Singer. So uh, I would think those guys might get a shot sooner than later. So that's why I'm, I'm thinking they, want, they might not want to add to that rotation because they're pretty set as it is.
1: Right, if, if I think uh, if Odorise were to go to the Royals, would be a one year deal, right? As a, as a stopgap for probably Bubich, and then you trade Keller, you let Duffy walk, you can trade Minor and move him to the bullpen, and then future rotation of Singer, Lynch, Kowar, um Asa Lacy, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, who else? Who else am I forgetting? Lynch, I
0: think uh, so maybe, Bebe, maybe,
1: maybe even guys like. Uh, Austin Cox, Jonathan Bolin, uh, Zach Hockey, I don't know if I'm pronouncing these correctly, Evan Steele. The, the Royals, they run deep with pitching.
0: Right. Um, so, you know, do, do you see co making his uh, debut early this year or it's more of a after midseason? Uh,
1: not early. Not early this year. I think definitely uh, right now I haven't projected to start at double-A, so I think optimistically season starts at double-A for him. Gets moved up to AAA Omaha about – halfway and I think, uh, could be a September call.
0: Right on. Um, so I, 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 had some questions on each of the teams. I looked, I looked through, uh, I looked through your, your Google doc and I, I just wanted to talk about some of the situations that were, that were intriguing to me as a fantasy player in these high stakes leagues that run pretty deep. Um, but two of the, two of the teams I wanted to get into right away because they sort of remind me of the Kansas city situation are Baltimore and the Cubs just in terms of their young starters. Now, I don't know. I forget what I had written down for Baltimore. So if I have something different, we can get, we can get back to it later, but um, on the agenda, but uh, Zach Lother and, and um, Bauman are two guys that like, I think could be ready. Um, do you see them similar to uh, similarly to Coar or do you see them as someone that's going to might get some time earlier?
1: Yeah, because the state of the, uh, not the angels, the Orioles rotation right now is a, I think it's a mess. I mean, You have, I think the one concrete starter you have pretty much is John Means there right now. Right. Um, Projected you have Aiken and and
0: Dean Creamer, Kramer. I like Creamer. I like Kramer. I like I like him more than Aiken.
1: I like him too. Um, track record is is solid. Uh, 14th rounder. Like there's not, there's just not a lot of like I'm just I just talk about percentages a lot. There's not a ton of starters that are successful that are drafted after the 10th round. So I'm a little uh, little skeptical there. but guys like Lother and Bauman, I think Lother especially gets lost in the shuffle because of he's not a big Velo guy. right. Yeah, I know yeah that, that's what I read about him as well. but his his numbers are elite. I think of Lother actually someone like and not a coincidence with the the ZAC spelling, but Zach Gallon, someone that was kind of lost in the shuffle, yeah coming up and then came up and absolutely
0: performed. That's, that's a good comp. I like that because I'm a, I'm a a Lother fan. So um, I've been, I've been grabbing him like really late in some drafts this year, just as, as, um, as someone that could potentially be just be given that opportunity. Now um, the Cubs, the Cubs are also interesting. And I like to, when I'm doing these big long drafts that are 50 rounds, I I tend to want to um, just grab um, trios of players because just, it's just a numbers game because I don't like, what do I know? I, I don't know what the, I don't know what the Cubs are thinking in terms of who they're going to decide to promote and who they're going to give that opportunity to. I do know players I like, but the trio that I've been grabbing from the Cubs is Alzelay, who I think is going to be given that chance. And that's not really what I'm asking, but the two other guys are Braylon Marquez and Corey Abbott. Now I'm a big Corey Abbott fan um, through, I think he threw a perfect game in college um, and he just had, he has outstanding numbers and he's built up the innings too. So he's a guy that I've been, that I've been really been loving. I've been grabbing a lot of this year. In fact, I grabbed a lot of him last year, which did me no good. But what do what are your thoughts on the Cubs that they're young pitchers that be, um, it also I'll mention that their GM also stated that it's not going to be just five guys. They're going to go to like, they're going to use like seven or eight guys this year. He's been quoted as saying that. And I'm guessing that sort of means they're not going to go with the tradition, traditional five-man rotation, or they could be shuffling guys in and out of the rotation. I'm not exactly sure, but they're not going to, it doesn't sound like they're going to have five set guys all year. So that means these guys might get opportunities.
1: Yeah, I actually, uh, I didn't hear that. Um, it was the first time I'm hearing about that. So if I'm looking at it now, I think Alec Mills and Trevor Williams would be in like a, in like a turnstile with other guys like uh, Cole Stewart and Alzelay. who do I think gets the first shot before
0: Corey Abbott? I agree. I agree on that.
1: Yeah. Corey Abbott. That's another guy, another name, second rounder, just like Lother out of a, not, not the most popular school in Loyola Marymount out in LA but um you know I if I'm playing fantasy you're mentioning these guys and I don't want everyone to know about them I kind of want to be stealthy yeah. myself so but the Cubs you know they have a really sneaky really sneaky um minor league system when it comes to starting pitching
0: yeah I love Abbott. You know, I, I have him in all my dynasty leagues already, so I don't care. I can tell everyone on all the dynasty leagues that are deep enough to to roster him. So, um, and I have him on like 20 of my redraft teams this year that run deep. So I'm, I'm invested enough in him already. But um, again, he was somebody he's old enough too. I think he's like 24, might be 25 already. And like, man, it's time. Like, like this guy's good. He said, he's, he's, I think he threw like 140 innings in 2019. I'm just going off the top of my head and perfect game in college Really good numbers. Like Cubs pitching staff isn't amazing. They said they're gonna go more than five men, so like give this guy a shot.
1: Yeah, I like it, and yeah, those numbers are are awesome. You have a K per nine over ten for his minor league career, which is just something that is uh, really hard to come by, especially when you're talking about his uh, his really low ERA and FIPS. So it's hard to see him right now, at the beginning of the year, or even the middle of the year, because they're just so deep right now. But yeah. definitely, definitely
0: towards the end of the year for sure. Right on. So, let's. I, I like I said, I want I want to go through the sheet just a little bit, um, and hopefully we can knock off a bunch of teams and not um, not uh, spend a, too much time. I know um, I'll be rec- I'll be cognizant of your time. I know we've already um, we've already almost we're almost approaching an hour. But um, is your sheet listed by power rankings? Like, how is it how is it ordered? Like, I'm just I was just curious because it looks like Pittsburgh's last, so they're bad. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, right right now it's ordered off of the 2020 record. Okay. Um, I think once uh the last two big guys sign and JBJ and Oda maybe in about 2 weeks I'll do my own power rankings. Okay. So I'll be going to look out for that.
0: All right, so let's just look at it. The first the first note I had, I just went to my Jays and I looked at their team and I looked at you have, you've have Gritch- Gritchick on the bench, but you also have Kirk starting over Jansen at catcher. So that seems pretty reasonable. Is that what is that um Is that what you, is that what you expect?
1: Yeah. You know, like I said earlier, I I don't really like level skippers and Kirk would be a guy that'd skip double A and triple A completely. If he were a star at the big league level. Um, I I expect, I think it's 50, 50. If the Jays go with the Jansen Reese McGuire tandem or a Mm -hmm. Kirk Jansen tandem. Um, And they also have a guy in Riley Adams who no one talks about who's going to all another intriguing guy. So I think they have, four solid options that they can go to. Um Kirk is a favorite. I mean he's my favorite profile where the, the walks are higher than the strikeouts and by a lot too.
0: Yep. Um, he was yep. a guy that was on like right in like low A. I was I was grabbing him in some dynasty leagues and he's a guy that really that panned out just his numbers his numbers jumped off from the from like from years ago. Yeah so. and he
1: had a, a really good showing in 2020 so that's why I haven't projected there right now with Jansen as the backup but uh, that situation could be fluid.
0: And then what about Gricic? What I what I've heard is they're going to put Guriel. Like they said, Guriel's is going to get reps at. This is what I read on uh, Roto World. Um is going to get reps at third, but his primary position is going to be first. So that means, yeah. So if he's if he's going to be at first, then that means Biggio is going to be at third. You got Bichette and Simeon in the middle, and then you have Vlad at DH, like, and then you have your outfield of Springer, T. Oscar, and you got a Springer T Oscar and, and Grichik. There's a spot for Grichik in the outfield and that sort of leaves Telez odd man out. But at the same time, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's, he's been crushing it in the spring and he's a lefty. So I don't really know what to make of it.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I had in my notes. I think it, I think this all depends on how I feel about Telez. Because if it, is mm-hmm. the H then that pushes uh, Vlad to first, uh, Biggio to third, keeps Gurriel on left. And then I think, uh, Based off last season, you definitely have to go Teoscar over Gritchick, although I think going forward, it could be a toss-up between the two. They have very similar profiles.
0: Yeah, and Grichuk's uh, getting paid. That's the other, that's the other thing that you look at too, right?
1: Yeah, that's the other thing. Um,
0: yeah, they signed him to a million pretty, on the bench. Big deal. Yeah, Grichuk's has been good though. He had a really good season last year too. So, like I know T. Oscar had a better season, but Grichuk um probably probably had his best season, be it a be it a short season, but I think he. He did well. Um, we talked about about this uh, before, but the Padres, you have Cronenworth in your starting lineup over Kim and Profar.
1: Right. Although I do have Cronenworth as uh, the left-handed platoon with Kim as a counter to him because I'm looking at uh, – I was looking at Cronenworth's minor league numbers, and he's really struggled against lefties consistently year-to-year in the minors. Okay. And I don't think that was talked about a lot last year. And I think in his sophomore year, I'm I'm really expecting that to get exposed over the course of 162. So I think uh, it'll be Cronenworth, Kim, platoon, and then Profar on the outside in terms of second base, but getting a lot of play time in left field because uh, who knows what's going on with Fam right now.
0: Okay, um, do you see do you see any trades happening there? Because I like everyone thought Cronenworth was going to get traded to the Cubs at one point. Um, uh, what for oh, yeah, when the Darby, when they, uh, when they acquired Darvish, right? So they thought like Cronenworth had to be part of that deal after they signed Kim. So it's just such a logjam there with, um, everyone, but and profar, um, I'm thinking fam might, might not be healthy, like, uh, mm-hmm. Like he, he said he's eighty um, percent. People have been talking about this, and this is something that I've been. I, I have not been confident at all in Fam. He's been my number one avoid player this whole se- this whole draft season, just because I'm not. He's not healthy to begin with. He plays through his injuries, which is really good. But he's getting older, and he loves going to strip clubs um, and getting stabbed. So <laughs> um, that's not good in terms of staying healthy for playing baseball. Um, so maybe they're anticipating that he's not ready. But yeah, you know, it's it's not a good sign the
1: first week of uh, spring training games that you hear someone is not healthy. Usually this is the season where you hear about players in the best shape of their lives, looking the best they've ever looked before and to hear news like that, I think it's uh which is really not common at all is extremely concerning.
0: It's a red flag, but the, the thing is, I, I look, I, I look and try and grab as much news as I can. And I was reading; I think I read this on MLB.com. This was probably about two weeks ago. Tengler, their manager, said that Tommy Pham looks great; his swing looks better than ever. And uh, you're, you're you're waving me off. The, 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 the viewer, the the listeners can't see you, but you're you're just brushing this off as like bullshit, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, that's, you hear that about every player at this <laughs> point, so. Yeah, he said. He said he expects him to have the best season of his life, and his his swing looks fantastic. And then Fam comes out. and He's like, yeah, "I'm about eighty <laughs> percent."
1: Uh, I love Fam though. I, that one uh, interview in the playoff game. He's like, the reporter asked, "Who do you have to thank?" for this? He's like, "I thank myself." <laughs> yeah, absolutely legendary. So I respect the Fam, but uh, I'm out on him as, in terms of fantasy this year.
0: Yeah, same. He's uh, yeah. He's if you ask me, one person to avoid. I, I he's a, he's even a bigger avoid than Lamette for me. And that's saying something. What do you think? Speaking of which, we're on the, we're on the Padres. We're talking about them. Everyone, everyone that I'm friends with uh, doesn't want to draft Lynette. W- what about you?
1: <laughs> oh, drafting him, I'd probably stay away because what was it, a shoulder or an elbow?
0: Elbow, I I PR, PRPs, already had Tommy John, missed the playoffs. What a lot of risk there.
1: Yeah, I don't like it. I do have him projected, though. I mean, uh, and the news said that he was going to be ready by opening day. I think he um, pitched today. He pitched today? All right, so.
0: He got up to like 97. Yeah. In and around that. Not, I don't think he was getting as uh, – I don't think he was throwing as, as fast as he did uh, last season in, in his peak, but I think he was had a reasonable reasonable velocity.
1: Um. Yeah, I think I'm actually more in, if you're comparing family. I think I'm more in on Lomet at the moment, but I'm not worried about it because the Padres pitching is just so deep that they can – I think they can even sustain a blow to Lament, which is right.
0: But you're awesome. thinking you're thinking from the San Diego Padres perspective. You got to think from a fantasy baseball player's perspective that drafts Lament.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think it does have an impact though, because if, if you do take it from the Padres' perspective, that if Lament is even slightly injured, not like even needing a long-term stay, you uh, mm-hmm. that they're they're not going to hesitate to replace him because they have guys like Mix, even guys like uh, Brett Kenney, and then. A zillion bullpen bullpen arms, like I have like a bullpen day in his rotation spot. So um, I think I'd be on the lookout for that more so um, in re- in relation to the fancy perspective. So yeah.
0: All right, let's move, let's move on to another team. We spent a long time on the Padres. Let's go on to the twins. Um, the one thing that stuck out to me on that, and that, on that, um, on that roster is uh, Alex Kriloff and Brent Rooker. Brent Rooker was up last year. Um, he has a good track record and I think he already has a home run this spring. He's a good player. He's, he's, he's also, a, I believe they're also, they're both first round picks except Rooker is three years older than Kirillov, So they might want to dangle him at, like showcase him for the trade bait. Um, and they, Kurilov's a guy that they, they might want to manipulate the service time more on because he's um, projected to be a better player.
1: Right. I, I, right now I have that left field slot open. Um, I think, the twins are front runners right now for a Marquecas or a Yasiel Puig or even a Josh Reddick sign. Mm. This is a stop a temporary stopgap for, uh, whoever emerges between Kirloff and Rooker. Um, I love both of them. I think, uh, bringing up Kirloff to make his debut during the playoffs says a lot about what the twins think about him. Um, and then as for Rooker, I think the twins are a little bit down on him. Um, because, uh, uh, the cruise thing, I, I, I was really looking forward to Rooker potentially getting some DH at-bats this year. So was I. Yeah, with Cruz there, I think it's going to be hard to come by. Uh, Rooker had that amazing uh, junior year at Mississippi State. He won that SEC Triple Crown, which is unbelievable. No one no one does that, really. So uh, I really want to see him get some big league at-bats. He also had that really good showing on the Team USA right? Not long ago. So um, – I, it's hard to see his opportunity coming before Kirilov. I think Kirilov is first in line for left field. But um, he's so old. I know, I know. <laughs> I think, no, I think right now
0: this Nelson Cruz deal
1: is essentially a stopgap for Booker.
0: Right. Okay. That makes sense. It's weird that they'd, they, it's weird that you'd say that they were going to sign like a, a twig because they they didn't tender Rosario, um, and like that 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 would indicate that. We wouldn't get like, wouldn't really get a, a a large contract, which is, you know what, probably true.
1: Yeah, it's probably true at this point. Supply and demand season getting closer. Quake possibly not even playing the second season in a row now, which is bonkers to me. I think Quake should definitely be on the team in terms of the entertainment value he provides.
0: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You can even just be like that Bob Probert hockey enforcer role. Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. You know, I, I really wanted him. To go to the Astros, even though I don't love oh, Kyle Tucker in center field, but the Astros, its fans back in the stands, they're going to get food all over the place. Oh, Maybe, I think, better than anyone
0: else knows how to be hated and to embrace it. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Now, that, that would that would be great for Puig's value if he was in if he was in Houston. Man.
1: Oh, fantastic!
0: You'd be playing every day. Yeah, he's sort of like pretty sort of that guy that's going to kind of come out of nowhere but um it's harder to it's hard to draft him right now um in like as a starter because he could go to a he could not go to a team and he could go to a team where he's not a full-time starter. So it's just too much there's too much risk right now I think with him. Um let's talk about um Oakland. Oakland they got they got Cody Thomas coming in from um, the Dodgers who I liked a lot um like in as sort of like one of those deep sleepers like we were talking about like curtis terry he sort of fits that he sort of fit that mold there too and a guy i really liked was seth brown seth brown reminds me of like how hoskins emerged and a pete Alonso emerged and now jared walsh is emerging and people may not believe it yet but they should um and um seth brown sort of like that same profile but looks like again they're gonna sign mitch moreland and away we go
1: yeah you nailed it with that tier of uh Hoskins and uh, the other guys that you mentioned there. You have a 30 home run season in 2017, the uh, IA, that 37 home run season, and hitter friendly Vegas, take that with a grain of salt, but still uh, fantastic. I'm not sure if Cody Thomas is the guy that ultimately ends up skipping
0: Triple uh, A completely. Um, yeah, I'm not too interested. I'm more interested in Br- in Seth Brown than, to- than Cody Thomas.
1: I think Seth Brown could make the team. I think it's really atypical for Rule 5 guys to uh, hold a roster spot on a potential World Series contender like the A's are right now. Um, and they have two of them. They have two of them in Donnie Jimenez and Kai Tom. Kai Tom, who I like a lot, by the way, is my favorite Rule 5 pick. Um, I think they ultimately both get returned to their teams um So I think that potentially paves the way for Seth Brown as a bench bat, and was he? He's a lefty, right? Yes, he he's is. a lefty. Potential platoon with Biscotti or Connell.
0: Yeah did i did I say Cody Thomas was tra- got traded from the from the Dodgers? Was I wrong on that?
1: Yeah, he came in. uh what deal
0: was that? Yeah, he came in the like the Sheldon Noisy deal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I thought, th- okay. I just I just uh, got confused. I didn't know if you, I, I, th- I thought you might have said that he was a rule five guy.
1: No, no, no. I was uh, Kai Tom.
0: Kai right. Okay. So I misheard. All right. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about um, Zimmer versus uh, Oscar Mercado. So you have Zimmer in the major league starting lineup in center field and Mercado in AAA.
1: Yeah. You know, the Indians outfielders kind of frustrates me. I feel like it's a collection of uh, everyone besides Eddie Rosario is just a collection of fourth outfielders, ideally on a mm-hmm. playoff contending team. Mercado was just so bad last year and I have him as green for his uh, minor league career way to run plus. So that's below average. I think he had a, a bit of a breakout in 2018, 2019. I, I don't know if he can sustain that though. I don't know what, uh, mechanical tweaks he made, but if you look at the options right now, I think Zimmer, Ben Gamel, and Harold Ramirez make the opening day roster before Mercado does, just based off track record.
0: Right. No, I, I, I think Zimmer. If I were, the, if I were the Indians, I'd want to see what I got in Zimmer before Mercado. Like it's been long enough. He's been he's had some injuries. He he was like a highly toted prospect. So I think. Like he's got a lot of swing and miss to the game, but I think Indians might, like. I think they need to see what they got in him. And I agree. I, I like that call. Um, I know we talked about the Cubs a little bit, but um, we talked about the pitching, but um, let's talk about that second base battle. You have um, Nico Horner um, playing over David Bodie. What I like about Bodie is just like, I know his batting average has left uh, something to be desired, but his like, if you look at his like stat cast metrics, he hits the ball hard. He, so uh, I I think he has a lot of potential, and I think he's got the dual position eligibility. I think he's a valuable guy in the deeper leagues to hold on to, and I think he's the guy with the higher upside.
1: Uh, you know, the signing today, the Eric Sogard signing, today said a lot. Oh yeah, yeah
0: in terms of I saying. I I had this agenda written before that signing happened, but ah, Sogard.
1: I know, but I th- I think you could be looking at if the Cubs want Horner to get more ABs at the at triple a in Iowa. I think right. that could be the path right now. Um, I've been, I was fiddling around with it. I think they could go a Sogard Bote platoon at second right. and then have Horner get reps at shortstop in Iowa. And then you resign or extend Rizzo Bryant and let Baez walk. And then hmm. Horner is your
0: shortstop of future. Interesting scenario. I think that's like in that, in that scenario, I think it's good for Bote because, um, I believe that he can easily beat out Sogard for full-time playing time. I think Sogard. I think Sogard's not as good as Horner. So I think that would be a good situation for Bodie because he can just capitalize on that.
1: Yeah, you know, I have him on the bench right now. I'm not sold as Peterson being able to hit lefties consistently. Right. I know the, the story on him is that he's going to play every day. But I, I, it's, I feel like I'm going to see him hitting 150 against lefties. And I think Bodie is someone that could be more of a utility guy and mm-hmm. offset Peterson in the left field more so than the Horner. Can Bodie play the outfield? He can. He can play,
0: he can play anywhere. Super. Okay. Okay. Um, on the Cardinals, what's going to happen to Matt Carpenter? Um, what's going on there?
1: Yeah, you know, I really... I thought it would be better for Carpenter and for Dexter Fowler if they were the return package and the Arenado deal. Oh, yeah. But if you look at the Rockies, they're, pay, they're paying the Cardinals $35 million this year. And if you add it together, Carpenters and Fowler's uh, AAV style, it comes out to about 35 million. So I feel like for play time, it would have been better for them to be in Colorado. Uh, I mean, Carpenter, team taking reps at second base. I think that's, I mean, listen, Arenado and Goldie on the corner. So it's really going to be hard to come by. Uh, you got to got to play somewhere probably, right? Uh, Yeah, you know, Edmund, I have him as a primary second baseman. I think he fits that profile so well with the glove and his uh, hitting profile. I think if Carpenter were to play, I think it would come at the expense of Dylan Carlson struggling where Carlson gets sent back down to Memphis and Edmund moves out to a corner outfield position and Carpenter takes over every day second.
0: O'Neill could easily struggle too because – He's been known to do that. He has
1: indeed been known to do that. So <laughs> it's kind of a, uh, an interesting situation there for Carpenter. Um, but I, I, the way it sticks, O'Neill and left, Carlson in right, Edmund second, and then Carpenter off the bench and DH in when they're playing
0: American. I mean, right. Okay. That makes sense. So, yeah, he's – I think it's – I think yeah, he'll probably get, uh, probably get his share of at-bats and he'll probably take some away from some of the outfielders, um, mainly maybe O'Neill um sticking in that division uh, one of the most interesting uh, battles that i um have a stake in is the cincinnati reds rotation the, 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 or the back end of that rotation right now um barring any trades you got michael lorenzen who people seem to think he has the inside track and i'm not saying that's wrong and then you have also have tj anton who i think is really good and i think he's, he's changed who he was from or who he was in the minor leagues um And then you also have Hoffman who they've acquired for a reason. And then you got Wade Miley. What are your thoughts on the, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on the, on the back? Um, You also have Jose De Leon there too. Who I want to maybe.
1: Yeah. People forget about Jose De Leon. He was uh, like a Dodgers top prospect. That's what the twins wanted for a Brian Doja trade way back in the day. And uh, the Dodgers (laughs) said no. They said no to that. So um, he's been hurt,
0: but um, yeah, let's not talk about De Leon. I want to maybe, uh, Keep that guy yeah. under wraps for a little bit longer. Yeah, we'll, we'll,
1: yeah, we'll, we'll keep him, uh, keep him a secret, unlike you did with Abbott and those other guys that you exposed. Now,
0: <laughs> well, I've exposed, uh, I've exposed them all now, anyways.
1: <laughs> um, I think Miley's a lock for that rotation, just because the salary and the track record. I mean, it's hard to see him being moved to a bullpen spot. So yeah,
0: you're
1: in a competition for
0: for now, we'll five. give it to we'll give it to him for now.
1: Yeah, for now, for now, he's getting older and uh, you know, his track record isn't consistent, but uh. I'm liking Lorenzen because what he did last year and those couple of starts that he had uh, mm-hmm. looking really good. I know uh, he has an incredible work ethic. He has a yeah a good uh, social media presence where you can follow his day to day activities, and the guy's absolutely huge. Uh, he fills out one of few pictures to fill out the jersey
0: sleeves. Yeah, he's he's one he's one of the he's top five Jack pitchers, I'd say.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think uh, his body could sustain it over the course of a season. Right. Um Hoffman, I'm crossing now. I think he's gonna be a bullpen guy. Yep. So by process of elimination, we're getting down to Anton and Lorenzen.
0: Well, haven't we, we aren't we are we already at five already? Because we have we have Sunny Gray, Castillo, Molly. Molly. And then you're saying um Miley. So that's four. Miley's
1: Molly's a lock, that's four. And then the competition between,
0: it's between yeah. and
1: Anton, I think.
0: And, and Anton for the for the sixth spot or for sorry for the fifth spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah what, what were you going to say about Anton? Uh, you know, being a rookie, I think Lorenzen's got the upper hand. Right. And Lorenzen um, wants to start too. He's been he's been on the record saying that.
1: And it's his walk year, so for him starting, I think that would be really good from a player perspective go out into the open market if he has a good year um, as a starter. So. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I think Lorenzen's his favorite right now.
0: Okay cool um staying in that division uh freddie peralta you're they're talking about stretching him out do you see him as um a starter what do you think about him and i forget I, I have it written down but i forget where you have him i think you have him as a as a as a reliever on your um on your resource
1: yeah right now i have him as like the seventh inning guy behind Devin williams and hater you know i think that that back end of the bullpen is just could be deadly it's really attractive where you have like three guys that could have a 15 plus K per nine, which is <laughs> to even say out loud. Um, if, if Peralta was stretched out, I think he'd be a type of starter to go four innings mm-hmm. or you piggyback him with uh, Brent Suter. And there was also news today that uh, they're trying to stretch out uh, Drew Rasmussen in the same way uh, that Brent Suter is stretched out to fulfill that multi-inning relief role. So you know, I, I like Freddie Peralta as a reliever but if he is a starter i think it would be in case of injury to hauser i don't think he's going to beat out hauser and i think the other four guys are pretty locked in Lynn and brett anderson burns and woodruff so
0: i think as a fantasy player I'd, I'd rather him stay in the bullpen to be honest because it like if you're playing a league with like with holds i play in a league with holds i drafted him but if you're talking about nfbc these high stakes leagues um just the just the fact that he could he could pitch multiple times per week like even more than twice a week and he could get you six innings worth of strikeouts per week and then like in a, a fluky save maybe so i think i think and the, the the brewers i think will like you said treat their treat their starters particularly him with like a short leash in terms of their innings so um if i own them I, I kind of i kind of want him to be a reliever still
1: yeah, I agree with that. Um, it's just, it's just so attractive that back into the bullpen. There'll be tons of holds there. So yeah. Justin
0: Topa too. He, I, I like him. I think it's a four, it's, I think it's a, it's a four headed monster in, in that bullpen at least. Um, what else we got here? You got Chase Anderson on the Phillies ahead of Spencer Howard and Vince Velasquez. What's with that?
1: Um, I think they signed Matt Moore, Chase Anderson, with the intent of having Howard start in the upper levels of the minors this year, right. like completely. And it, just watching him last year, I think it looks like he needs a little bit more development time over there. And, you know, I, I, as a Mets fan, I've been watching the Mets play of Philly so much. And I think Vince Velasquez's uh, repertoire plays up in the bullpen more so than Chase Anderson. Um, we've been saying that Velasquez is a reliever from day one yeah. ultimately so i think that's where he lands although i could say that with about 50 50 confidence uh the first four obviously nola wheeler eflin matt moore and then toss up between chase anderson and velasquez but i have anderson right now as the primary five guy
0: all right uh i don't think i'm going to get through all these um questions i have for you sometimes i'm trying to pick out the best ones the ones i want to know the most um Alberto Mondesi his batting order slot what are your what are your takes on where he bats that's that's something that's interesting to everyone here because he's getting drafted real early and he's a real bad player
1: yeah you know he's he's one of those speed guys that has no on-base ability so I think right now I have him slotted or projected if I were to do a lineup in that eight nine spot with Merrifield and Benintendi up top as opposed to Mondesi
0: oh I hope so because I didn't draft him anywhere, and um, I'm hoping that he bats in, in the bottom of that order. Um, CJ Crone, do you think he's do you think he's um, someone that's pretty much locked in at first base for at least eighty percent of the starts?
1: Definitely that that Rockies uh, their their projected hitting scenario with it, it's just a mess right now. I think Crone's definitely a lock. Greg uh, Bird, not as much, but could potentially be a platoon.
0: Um, yeah, Cron definitely All right, yeah, I think so too. Um, let's see here. Um, Red Sox rotation at the back end is also interesting, sort of like, um, sort of like the Reds rotation because you got Tanner Hawk who looked really good, but then they brought in like Pivetta who also looks really good now, and then you, they got Garrett Richards who I think has a lot of potential, and they got um, a bunch of other guys that are basically locks until they get hurt, which is Erod, um, Erod, Evaldi. And Martin Perez is going to start in the rotation. Um, and then you get Chris Sale, who I don't think he's going to be too relevant this year, like for many innings. Maybe he throws like 50, 60, 70 innings. He's not going to be who he was this year, I don't think. So um, what are your thoughts on that rotation?
1: Yeah, I think you said the big point is that you have three guys in Erod, Ivaldi, and Richards that just can't stay healthy. I think I was looking at their stats. You, they each have one year only in their fairly long careers at this point, where they started more than 30 starts. So, um, right now I have Tanner Hook projected there as a five guy. Um, just based on what I saw last year, he's looking really good in those few starts last year. That slider was fucking deadly. It was gross. I think uh, long term, he's a bullpen guy. Really? That uh, that, that uh, his mechanics, I don't, I don't know if they're sustainable. As a starter, okay, it's it's pretty violent. Um, they said about Chris Sale, too. Yeah, you know, did you see that uh, that overlay gif where they they converted Hoop to a lefty and put him over Chris Sale? No, I did not see that. They look exactly the same.
0: Yeah, where who, 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 um, where was that for who did that? You're you're over, forgot.
1: I don't think it was pitching ninja, though. Um, it would have been my first guess.
0: Yeah, no, I didn't, uh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see
1: that one, but it makes sense. Yeah, I'll, I'll retweet it when I can find it. But all uh, right. Yeah, that's the way it's gonna go. But I think Hook Pavetta, and then even a guy like Andres, Andriès, he could have a lot of starts in that rotation.
0: Okay, so you're thinking the rotation right now. You got you got a Hook as the five, and then who's your four right now? Um, martin perez martin and then three then evaldi erod and then oh yeah garrett richards my thing with garrett richards he, he's getting labeled as injury prone last year he came off of uh, last year he was getting drafted uh, around pick 300 and he got pushed up above pick 300 last year now he's now his stock's fallen he's going around pick 400 um but the thing is Last year, he was coming off like a, a really, really short season of like a 90 or a or a 70 year, like, it was just like he had like 10 innings and it wasn't good. He was coming off of Tommy John. Last year, he had like a off and on year, like he was in the bullpen. He was a starter, but he had like, he was average, right? Um, give or take. Um, but people, are, so all of a sudden his stock's gone down when he's coming off with all intents and purposes, a better year than the year before. Like you can't get worse than that. And he hasn't had any injury issues since he's come back from Tommy John so like i think he's getting labeled as injury prone just because those years before tommy john when he was trying to just let his elbow hang on by a thread and then he finally did it so all his injury issues relate to not having tommy john and now that he's had tommy john he's been fine so i don't i don't think he's as injury prone as people think
1: yeah you know it's going to be interesting because he, like, if I were him, I'd be looking at throwing a lot of breaking balls this year because he had the Yankees lineup and the Blue Jays lineup, which are extremely right-handed. Right. Both, That's and right. both lineups have a bunch of guys that have issues with uh, breaking balls away. So, I think he would throw more breaking balls than normal this year, which could lead to a potential injury. Mm-hmm. So, for fancy purposes, I'm just, I'm just staying away from Richards. Just the track record's not there for me. Although, he is a little intriguing, maybe.
0: Would um, you – so, it would, uh, how would you rank Richards, Pavetta, and Hook in terms of w- when you draft them?
1: Well, I'm not too familiar with like uh, rankings in terms of.
0: No, uh, yeah, I, mean, I I just mean sorry. let me rephrase. If if you had to draft one of them and they were all on the board, who would you take?
1: Hmm. Probably Richards. I'd take
0: Richards. Okay. Here, uh, here, Pavetta's velocity's up today. I think he was throwing ninety-five. They're saying.
1: I mean, he's also he's always been a velocity guy. He's thrown 97 with a nasty hook, but the results just haven't been there. Right.
0: Okay. Um, let's see what else. Um, well, you heard Cole, uh, Cole Calhoun's now injured. Um, don't know how long he's out for, but there's a couple of guys in that um, system that could become they could get an opportunity. One is Dalton Varsho, who people were drafting to potentially get that starting center fielder job to begin with, but now that's that that was looking more and more unlikely. But you have him. You have pavin smith you have josh rojas and you have seth beer so my question um today was i, I was trying to find out who, who, do, who everyone thinks has that who has the best opportunity to really just get that job and maybe run with it and um, get and continue to have playing time once calhoun comes back
1: yeah um you know it's, it's a meniscus tear on ACL tear so it's going to be relatively short term um, I, I think it's me, Josh Rojas. I see Varsho projected as a starting center fielder, which kind of from the organizational perspective, kind of boggles my mind a little bit because the D-backs, they have a ton of outfielding outfielders um, in their system and uh, top end, like Al Thomas, Jordan yeah. Carroll, Christian Robinson. And then like another tier below that with uh, Stuart Fairchild, Jake McCarthy and uh, Dominic Fletcher, or like, even like Hefferson Espinall. And I don't know what sense it makes to move Varsho off a catcher at this point when you have all those young outfielders coming up.
0: Yeah. Unless you're going to just not have him in in their long-term plans. That's actually, I never thought about that. I never thought about it from that perspective, Um, but that's a good point. So um, there was a point in this draft season where I was drafting Varsho on a couple teams, but since recently I haven't been in to start the season, my gut said, don't. So I think he could be just really like, I think he could be fool's gold, fool's gold this year because people are looking at the stolen bases at catcher position and they, they think this is, this, is a, this, is a, this is a league winning play, but I'm starting to think that it's just fool's gold.
1: Yeah, I don't think he's quite ready. He made that jump from double A to the bigs. Um, I, I have projected to go back to Reno in AAA to work on his catching, but who knows? Because then you have Paven Smith and Seth Beer like you said, I think Pavin Smith is your long-term first baseman, and Seth Beer your long-term DH. Once that comes into NL next year, yeah. And then you have like those alls as I mentioned. So they're they're pretty stuck there, barring some major trades. Um, but yeah, right now I think Rojas is the guy in the short term to take over Calhoun.
0: All right, cool. Anything else you wanted to to mention? Because I think that that's I'm gonna we'll stop we'll stop analyzing the individual teams right now and um, get to the final segment. Um, um, that I have. It's a little, little new segment. I'm going to start, uh, start to do. Um, but is there, but before, um, before we get to that, is there anything else you want to mention in terms of, um, I guess, um, position battles or anyone that I've sort of missed anyone that you think that, that could be relevant that you want to, that you want to bring up?
1: Um, not really. I mean, uh, I'll probably just post about them on Twitter as they come along. I'm Definitely going to be keeping a close eye on, on all the ones. I think mostly right now it's like bench battles, like, that are relatively insignificant to the average fan, but I guess in the dynasty dynasty perspective, those bench battles could be pretty important. Um,
0: yeah, that, that's all. All right. So this this new segment, I just I sort of thought it up. It's gonna be the first time I'm I'm gonna try it out. It's co- it's gonna be called two for one. So I'm in, It's called co- so again two for one. I'm in a lot of dynasty leagues and I'm always trying to make trades, but I don't have a lot of time to make these trades. So I'm trying to think um, of of a two-for-one trade, I'd like to make. So, uh, whoever I'm, I'm going to ask you, would you accept this trade? So, this is a trade that I'd be looking to target. So, uh, I'm going to try. I'm going to try and target in this case, Lordis Gurriel. Lord's so, I think he's a player that I want to die. I want to buy in a dynasty league right now. And I'm saying, what would I want to give up? And typically in these dynasty leagues, I'm assuming that they are about 15 teams, 30-man rosters, and then like a minor league system of maybe like 20 people. So that's sort of what you're dealing with, and we'll call it five by five. Now, I'm usually, like I said, looking to give up two players and to get the best player in a deal in these dynasty leagues because I feel confident that I can backfill my roster with, with someone else. So in this case, to acquire Lords okay. Griel, I'd want to, would you accept my Eddie Rosario and Zach Granke? Uh, no, I'd, I'd turn that down. Well, so yeah, I would make I, I would make that offer, so I would turn it down. Yeah, what that, about, that one's pretty rough. Yeah. I'd probably throw it in there too, if you. Yeah. um, Well, okay. So that that was what I had written down. So now I'm thinking on the fly here. So if if I were to say, okay, because Eddie Rosario is a guy I'd probably want to try and sell right now because of his age and people might, people might think that he's, um, he's like on a new team. He's sort of exciting to to own right now. So I'd want to keep him in that trade. Okay. Zach Greinke is not very exciting from a dynasty perspective. What if I said, I'm going to go and say Eddie Rosario plus, uh let's go with spencer howard mm. eddie rosario and spencer howard for lords guriel would, oh. would you still turn me down yes starting pitching is hard to come by he's got a lot of he's got a lot, a lot of upside and that's a that's an, that's an offer i would probably make but i wouldn't really if i really wanted guriel and i had and i had to make that offer i probably would make the offer to get guriel i just don't know
1: Yeah. Hypothetically, I think if my team was solid with pitching depth, I'd turn it around or turn it down rather. And then if I didn't have a ton of pitching, pitch was an area of need for me, I think I would accept that.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Let's, let's, okay. This is kind of, this is kind of fun. So I'm going to, I'm going to do another one. I'm going to, I'm going to try and acquire Tyler Molly for you. You own Tyler Molly. I don't know what your thoughts are on him, but I'm going to try and get him off your hands. And I'm going to, offer you um in a two-for-one deal tyler o'neill and daniel espino
1: oh man o'neill is just such a roll of the dice yeah (laughs) uh and espino is still pretty far away Um, yeah so i mean if i was competing if i was actively trying to win that league this year i would turn it down
0: so you turn you turn it down in general and in a vacuum you turn that one down as well
1: yeah, I believe so. Just because I, I like a little bit more certainty, I think O'Neill's just uh, way too much of a gamble, and then Espino a little, uh, a little bit too far away from me. I need to see a little bit more track record.
0: All right, okay. So I didn't. We didn't make a trade today. So in in the two for in this two for one segment, we um, Rob and I did not make a trade. It's unfortunate. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't seem to fail, But we'll, we'll keep trying. We'll keep trying. All right, so that's about it. Thanks for um thanks for joining me. This is great. So I, I like I think I think um we got a lot of good information out there. And I think um your your website's it's an extremely valuable resource that um, not enough not enough people know about yet. And I think we're trying to get that information out and get um and and just get it just get it more out more out in the open. Um again, just why don't you remind everyone where they can find you on Twitter and um where they can find your, your work.
1: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at, at baseball radar. Um, that is Pro Baseball Radar, and then my website's linked there, ProBaseballRadar.com. Um, also, a special shout out and thank you to Rob DiPietro who pretty much uh, airlifted this account off the ground with his uh, finding of this resource I provide. So, thank you to him, and thank you to you, of course, Zach, for having me on. This was really awesome.
0: Yeah, no, this I had a, I had a good time, and, I, and you're somebody that I'm going to continue to follow, and I think you're going to, I think you're doing great things. Thanks very much, and I will talk to you later.
1: That right, sounds good.
2: Clone Bower's identity. It would be nice if we could trust the ground. When will Brady, Singer, Yates, and Flaherty be done? I'm just a stream. just yeah.